we can make this life of ours on this planet just a little bit better. Saturday Omaha. Yeah, like <laughs> see, so, so Nina Sugi, yes. Perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, Nina, thank you so much for joining me here on Saturday Omaha's Food Recognized Food. Okay. Uh, I'm Dave Sorko. Thank you so much for corresponding with me yes. on, on email and stuff to get this going. So I'm excited. Um, All right. We are sitting in the palatial uh, KOS uh, 91.5 <laughs> studios. Uh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and It's all about the imagination. I'll that's, tell you. that's right. We, it's radio, so it, it could look any way that we want it to. Uh, like so, literally, so, I can it. see the Taj Mahal right yeah, now. Yes, yes, no question. The, you know, the ninth wonder of the world exactly. might be here. Might be here. Well, thank you so much for coming out. I, I mean, not only, you know, I, I know you're super busy and we'll, yeah. we'll get to talking about that, yes. but. But, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of a rainy, dreary evening outside. I know, and, yeah. Oh, but, but this but, is Nebraska, you know. It's true, true. And the, and the <laughs> conversation will be warm and happy, so, yes, you know, forget yes, the weather outside. Yeah. So I love the rain. I, I want the plant to come and start spring already. I mean, it's that's like... That's true. Yeah. Yeah, done with the snow. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's Yesterday fair. was nice. I was cleaning the garage. I was like, well, haven't done this in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually can't. So the wind's not blowing in your I face. I know, so. yeah, yeah. Oh. It was warm enough, you know. Oh, my goodness. Well, neat. So I um, there's I mean, a bunch of reasons that I would, you know, like to talk to you. Uh, For one thing, uh, your food is delicious. Oh, thank you. Um, And uh, especially, you know, when the pandemic was really kind of keeping things locked down. I was doing bowls to go like oh, all the time and, cool. you know, some good jollof rice and, yes. and an ablo and all, all, wow. all those good things. Mm, you are a true friend. Good food. <laughs> oh, well, you, you make delicious food, so that's that's easy. Thank you. But uh, I was actually talking with uh, Brady Hess, who okay. uh, did the Behind the Menu radio show that used to be on 91.5. And yes. he said that you had a wonderful conversation, but... I guess the episode never made it to air. Something occurred or something. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. They were on um, by Dodge. Yes. Yes. Yep. It never really made it to air. Yeah. I think there was some problem with the, the audio from what I understood that, okay. that didn't allow that to happen. And he's like, and I was talking to him and I said, you know, hey, who should I go talk to? And he says, you need to talk to Nina because oh. she has a wonderful story and we never got to let the people hear it. So here you are. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes. So tight. that's almost two years ago. It's it's been a while. It's been a and while. And he remembered that. Yes. Enough. Yes. You're one of the first people to come to top of mind because he's like she has such a, a wonderful story and have overcome a lot of challenges. Yes. And so and and. You know your restaurant, Okra, yes. um, is is moving. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I, I guess let's let's begin at the beginning. Um, yes, so yes. maybe some of those things that you were able to talk about there, how how yeah. you came to Omaha mm-hmm. to bring your food to people and things like that, yeah. and and overcome those challenges. What were those? And and talk to me a little bit. Well, oh. <laughs> where to start? Where should I start? Yeah, there's so so many of them. But um, so well, you know, of course, my name is Nina Soji, um, and I come from Togo, 
T-O-G-O is on the west coast of Africa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I describe it to people when you fly from Florida mm -hmm. into Africa, it's right on the equator. Oh, okay. So you can't really miss it. Yeah. So you have uh, Africa's, Ghana, Togo, Nigeria, and then you start going down. Sure. So it's easier to kind of see, oh, yeah, this is where it actually is. It's that, that little curve there. Yeah. So I came to Omaha 28, going 29? 94, oh, wow. yeah. 94, okay. Yes. And my sister was already here. Um, there was um, a civil war going on back mm. home, and we kind of um, left in a hurry kind of deal. Yeah. My sister left her. Uh, her husband left her, and, her, and she did, and then I did. Uh, well, my brothers did, and I did. Um, so what happened at that time is if your family families are well enough, they are we were ease, like ease out of the country without people noticing. Oh sure. Yeah, because a, a year prior we had an exile in Benin for like a year, and I did my schooling there. But there's just nothing going on in in Togo at that time. Yeah. So you know if you want a future for your kids, you just want to you know get out of there for a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I was like, since it was just me left with my brothers, um, I offered my mom instead of just me coming and just staying, I might do some businesses and stuff. Sure. Um. So I borrowed some money and then made some cloth and made some clothing and bought some jewelry and things that you know people want outside of Africa, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I came, and the only people I know here was my sister and her husband. And she had a son at that time. Um, I mean, he's still here. His name is Brady. Mm -hmm. um, but he was born back home when with me, I mean, when we were back there. Yeah. Uh, before she moved to the U.S. to her husband when he was about six months. Okay. Uh, and then from there... Um, when I came, they, you know, welcomed me and all of that. But then I started noticing, I mean, we've been hearing it, but we didn't quite know that it was that extensive at that time. Because mm. by the time I came, he was almost four, almost five. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't doing any development uh, of an six months old. I see. Even at that time. Yeah. And they were still kind of struggling, and she was really like, Disarm and you know she didn't really know what was going on. Right. That's the reason why they even end up in Omaha, because a friend of theirs um, told them that they can go to UNMC and they can mm. see what they can do for the child. Mm -hmm. So they were already going to the doctors and stuff, but they didn't have a diagnosis until by the time I came. I see. And um, he ended up having cerebral palsy. Oh, I see. Okay. And it was due because when he was born back home. Mm -hmm. Um, to a very prominent doctor, mind you, yeah. um, he had uh, jaundice when he was a, ch a, oh, a baby. Yeah, very common. Yeah, yeah, very common. And we saw that because he was very yellow. Yeah. And we took him to the doctor like everybody did. And they just told us, oh, um, just uh, put him on the sun and give him a little ultraviolet and usually goes away and he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But then it wasn't going away, and then a week, and then a month, and then, and, you know. And so the healthy child that we took home after a couple of days just mm. just was being sicker and sicker, and we could tell, and we were like, please help us, but they weren't doing anything. Right. To a point like it was about three or going four months, and, like, you'll hold the child on your lap, mm -hmm. you know, he'll just, like, all giddy and stuff. He'll just kind of, like, 
his neck will just fall back and oh, no. he'll roll his eyes and you know he'll point his toes and we wouldn't understand what that was about right but when they came here you know they figured out that he had too much done this his blood was already bad enough mm. and all he had to they had to do was to give him a blood transfusion, mm-hmm. which his brother had the same thing here, but he was born here. Oh. And they did that, and he went on. He lived in, now he lives in Las Vegas. He oh, was, wow. he went in the army for eight years, and he's a regular talking and walking regular child. Yeah, yeah. So that really kind of like infuriated me because people shouldn't be dying of not having band-aid. Be, right. People shouldn't be dying for simple things as not being able to check the blood level of a child and to be able to just do a knowing as a doctor right. that all you need to do is just a blood transfusion. So that's kind of rushed me into like, okay, first I needed to stay. I just made that drastic decision. I'll go to nursing school and go back there and teach them that you could save many, many child after this child. This child will be the last one that you'll dismantle the life or whatever that may be. Yeah. Because now he's not a, function, a functioning member of a society just because of that small mistake. So for me, ignorance is not a bliss. It's a, it's a, it's a killer, I call it. Mm. It's just if you don't know, you don't know. Right. So it... it it put that drive in everything I do just to prove a point. Like, we can make this life of ours on this planet just a little bit better than where we took it from, basically. Sure. Uh, and evolve and, and learning things. So that kind of got me into my nursing uh, degree. I got married and had kids, got divorced, and then, you know, I just, <laughs> my ups and downs. Uh-huh. And then... People starting to are starting to fall into a, a, a niche. At that time, I didn't even know that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister will kind of go around because there's just no food, African food in in Omaha to even go right. to or even go purchase. Right. So we did this scavenger hunt kind of deal, and we'll just go around. And um, if you've been in Omaha long enough, you'll know what Albertsons is mm-hmm. or, or club food. Sure, sure. Those grocery stores, we'll just go to them, and then um, she'll go to one, and I'll go to another, and she'll find a sardine or she'll find, uh, you know, a tomato sauce, and she'll call me and be like, oh, yeah, I found the right one. We buy, like, five different ones. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she'll come and open and taste all of them, and she'll call me back and say, oh, you know the cup food on 108 and blah, blah, blah is where you find the, the perfect sardine, and they have this picture on it, and that time we don't have cameras on our phone right, or anything. Right. So she'll describe it to me and be like, if you go to this alley, it's right there, and this is the one you should be buying. And then all of a sudden, you know, that cup food will be flown with all these African ladies and buying <laughs> 20 sardines. <laughs> one time I went and I literally carried the whole box off the shelf, and they kind of look at me like, What's going on here? <laughs> because they don't sell sardine that often. And sure. All of a sudden, you know, it becomes the most popular thing on the menu, you know. Yeah. So oh that that went on for a while. You know, we go to the south of Maha, we get plantains. And, yeah. uh, you know, we so we'll basically go around and gather. And we're starting to 
try to mimic what we learn from our, you know, back home and how our food tastes. Yeah. And slowly we starting to kind of grow a, a menu per se, I'll say, but just something we just love and something just that tastes like home for yeah, us. Yeah, tastes at home for yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we, like fufu, we used to use um, uh, potato flakes. You add a little bit of sugar to it uh-huh. and you just mix it like mashed potato and a little bit of starch. We used to use uh, corn starch and you mix it together and you have fufu. That's so basically fufu in reality is soft like mashed potato, right? but is more of, um, uh, it's coming in the two variety, uh, it's called yam, and it's bigger than potatoes, yeah. and you peel them, and you cook them just like you do the potatoes, but they are a little bit starchier, so when you mix them or pound them, right. they kind of make a little bit of a pull to them. Right, because it's, it's a little more, st- almost it, sticky, not it, quite sticky, but a not, nice chew and a pull. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the real one is not as chewy, uh-huh. um, but it's just a little bit off of a mashed potato, yeah. but not as soft. But that's all it is. And we try to mimic that and have a little bit of sweetness. Yeah. So by using the potato flakes, we just literally made that for years and years. Even up to now, sometimes I don't even get the real fufu. I just mix that and just eat it that way because... I'm just so used to that now. That's yeah. my new food. It's, it's your recipe. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we so we started to create a lot of those. Yeah. And then I started to notice that there's a lot of um, bachelors that were coming uh, to universities, especially sure. Bellevue University. But uh, back home, they only teach the boys to get married and uh, the wife will cook for them. Ah, uh, so they come here and they're hungry. <laughs> so I find myself being the wives oh, of, I see, I see. Uh-huh. <laughs> of many, many, you know, so they were like, oh, Nina, can you make that sauce? Or they'll come visit me at home and I'll make a sauce to be like, oh, uh, can you sell that? Can you make me a pot? And next thing you know, I mean, like on the weekend, I was firing my kitchen, making sauces and oh making goodness. this and I blow and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I was making a blow from way back when, wow. you know, and that's how that started. And my sister and I just look at each other one day and there used to be an Asian lady that had an Asian store, uh-huh. grocery store on 72nd. Uh-huh. And she used to ask us like, oh, uh, what do you guys like? I can bring it. I have people in New York and places that can sell African food. And we will tell her, you know, what we like and, you know, what seasoning we use and that kind of thing. And she will just bring it and she'll ask us, is this the one? And we'll say yeah or nay. And she started to literally push all of the Asian stuff to the back. And she's starting to, you know, bring more of the, yeah, because by then there is a good number, like at least three to 4,000 Togolese in Omaha well, alone. Plenty to buy some groceries. Plenty, yes. Yeah, and she was making good money. <laughs> yeah. And one day I just look at my sister like, we can literally do that. Why do we have to, you know, tell her, but not just that, but she only knew maybe one third of what we can offer yeah. because she doesn't know. She have to report back, but she doesn't even know what to describe. Sure. But we can literally do that and just open one up ourselves. And even on top of that, I can cook the food and people can get it from there. Right. 
So hence, Goi Store. Uh, Goi Store is my first grocery slash cafe. I opened in 2004 okay. uh, on uh, 72nd Pacific. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, actually where the spot where uh, curry, uh, Indian curry is. Yeah. Yeah, the, okay. I, got, I actually took that bay. Oh. It used to be an old subway. Yeah. And then I took it over and it was a thousand square foot agent. And, you know, it, it was getting so busy. I mean, like the parking lot was getting... I mean, like four, and I needed a, um, to get a nest bay, but um, I guess my nest door neighbor didn't quite like the idea of having all these African kind of swamping Aww. around the parking lot. Aww. So we went to court with that, and yeah, yeah and at the end of the day, um, the landlord told me he he basically did a Salomon, which means that uh, he chose between the who came first, basically. Mm. So he, she been there before, mm-hmm. so he couldn't let me get another base, so mm. he basically let me go. Oh. So I went to 84th and Harrison, took 4,000 square footage because, you know, my people wanted to have a place to party, a place to eat, a place to grocery, and I did it all. And 2008, a recession happened. Mm. So by the time I opened there... Everybody was, it was too far, it was too this, it was too that. So I was there for like a year from 2008 to 2009, and mm. I closed in 2009. Mm. Filed bankruptcy, and then I sat home for a little while. Mm. So a friend of mine just like, okay, Nina, you can just sat on your hand and sock all day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but he's like, I heard there's a culinary school in town. Don't you want to go visit and see what's going on there? I said, sure, I, I, I don't know what they're going to teach me how to cook, but uh, I'm home. It's not like I'm doing much, but <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go try. So in 2012, um, I went to Metro and visited the, the class in structuring and Star Culinary School. Yeah. 2014, I graduated, and I think it was the best decision and the best push my friend ever gave me. Oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> because I discovered a whole new world of, you can do this, you can do that. Yeah. So from there, I just, I was just saving, like, nicks and knacks of ideas. Sure. You know, I, I was, I really wanted to open up again, mm-hmm. but I felt a little bit, Uneasy or scared, I'll say. Sure. Um, and I just like, okay, I have this idea for a menu, and I'll just tap it in and in my computer or in my phone or wherever, and just leave it there. And yeah, I go on and do you know finish school and doing teaching at uh, some classes at Metro, and then um, working in a nursing home as a dietary manager, and I was just fine, but. That pool of opening up still coming back. Sure. Uh, I, I made a very um, stern prayer, uh-huh. <laughs> I call it, to God and said, never, never again. If, if that's truly what you want me to do, I'll do it. But you have to send people my way to help me because the last time it just didn't work. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I still just kind of like thinking about it now is like so crazy. And I keep putting it up, though. Keep putting it up and putting it up and putting it up. 
And a friend invited me finally to um, to an African summit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 2018. Yeah, I was finishing up with my bachelor degree. And I wanted to actually go teach at Metro. That's what my idea was. I just kind of, by then, I kind of gave up a little bit on the idea of opening a restaurant. Sure, sure. Um, and teaching was just something I just loved to do. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll just finish my bachelor and I'll go do that. But then he invited me to the summit and we had lunch and I was uh, behind the lady. Um, and then we got to the to the uh, buffet line and she literally just gasped, you know. Oh, I came to an African summit and I'm eating tacos. I'm like, wait, wait, there was an African food at the African summit? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love a good taco, but but yeah, but. yeah. I, I just kind of cringe by her. Like, oh. Yeah, I can solve that problem, you know. <laughs> no tacos at African summit. So. I, I mean, I mean, a taco with some jollof rice uh, might go really well that together. Might go really well, you know. You blend the two cultures, but anyway, yeah. Yes, yeah. So I was like. I mean, it's the similar. I mean, we we take a lot of things from, I mean, because of the slavery trade and, you know, colonization, we kind of absorb a lot of fusion sure. into our food. And that's really what makes African food so beautiful because there's just so much background into it. Yeah. I mean, that it's a little bit, it makes me a little bit, you know, Mexican food or side of the border kind of food. But at the same time, we live on our food. Yeah. You know, like African culture is synonymous to food. So it's a big thing, you know, and that's all I've been hearing throughout the summit. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, we went to a, there's a gala that goes after it. And I went to the gala and, you know, it was at the Marriott downtown and they didn't have any African food. And, yeah. you know, the friend that I was sitting around the table, I mean, that was all the discussions. They're like, oh, we don't want to be here. How, how come they don't have any chicken and jollof rice? And, you know, I was like, uh, <laughs> can you guys just eat your chicken and salad and go home? <laughs> 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 well, because that's another uh, handicap, I'll call it. Um, because a lot of event places, they don't take outside catering. Mm. And there's just not that big of an outside catering African style to mm-hmm. kind of fit into that. So sure. we don't have a place. And if you don't have a place, this is what you just have to work with what you got, basically. Right. So it's, that's when I was like, okay, I really need to, we can do that. We We can really bring our food to that level that can be really doable yeah. um, in this kind of setting, 21st century, cool idea, type of th- th- that type of thing. So yeah. I was like, okay, I went home and started working on my uh, um, uh, EIN number and, you know, getting my license stuff together and uh, my business plan. I mean, because of my bankruptcy, I was like almost, what, seven or eight years into it then. Yeah. So I needed to kind of get things going and get a loan and that type of thing. So, you know, I was home and I was working on it and my son came upstairs and it's like, well, mom, what are you working on? So I was like, uh, 
uh, another business? He's like, okay, what are you going to call it? And I said, Nina's Kitchen. And he's like, ah. <laughs> I was like, what? It's like, what's, what's wrong with Nina's Kitchen? Well, I know. Yeah, I'm like, it's my name. It's like, it's not cool enough. It's, it's not catchy. Oh. Like, what does that mean? You know, teenagers, you know. Sure, very, sure. Very opinionated, I guess. It's like, I was just kind of thinking, who asked you? <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to know what I was I, doing. I, I know, right? <laughs> you just ask me and I answer you. <laughs> but he's like, no, we, we got to. And then he got into it, too. Like, we got to call it something very exciting or something catchy. And he just kind of roaming around the kitchen and picking up things and uh, opening drawers and I'm just kind of looking at him and just keep on tapping on my computer. Uh-huh. And then he opened the freezer and he's like, Mom, do you know, um, he first said Gary. Gary is kind of like a breadcrumb. It's made out of yucca. Oh, okay. Uh, it's like a checker, but the dry version. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so he's like, oh, it was on the counter. He's like, should we call it Gary? And I'm like, Gary, no. And he's like, no, it's, it's not catchy. And he keep, you know, opening things. And then he's like, oh, mama, I got it. Um, do you remember what that sauce that you used to make when they were little? They used to call it just green sauce. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, that green sauce. And I'm like, which one? There's two kinds. There's one made out of jute leaves. It's called ademé. And then the okra. And I mean, we just call it okra or gumbo. Uh-huh. And then I said, he said, I said, well, ademé? He's like, no, not that one. The other one that I used to sell at the at the goods store. And I said, Okra? And he said, Yes, that's the <laughs> name. Okra. Okra. And there it is. Okra. <laughs> okay. And he's just kinda like I'm like, nah, not gonna call it okra. <laughs> and he's just like, Okay. So I just thought he just went on and his merry way. Uh-huh. And I went back on my computer and he went back downstairs and like five minutes later, I just heard this voice. Mom, we should call it okra. <laughs> he was he was convinced. <laughs> Hence what? And then okra is born. Okra is born right yes. there. <laughs> hey everybody, thank you for taking a listen to the podcast. If you get a minute, please leave us a nice, happy, positive review on Google Podcasts or Apple. That would be super cool. Also, head on over to FatterdayOmaha.com. There's additional content there. We do some writing stuff. We do some TV stuff. And we have our Fatterday friends there. Okay, back to the show. When did you guys open up now? Cause so, Okra actually opened uh, March 14 last, I think it was what, last Monday was actually your anniversary. Oh, yes. great. Wow. We opened on March 14, um, two days before the pandemic shut oh. down. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, it was like. But you're still here. Yes. <laughs> remember that prayer. Yes. God, <laughs> why did you do this for? <laughs> you you made me come all this way, and then now you got to shut down on me? How? <laughs> well, and then he's like, okay, I'll send you somebody. And he sent me um, Ma- Maya from uh, KMTV3. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, she was doing, I went home early, oddly, and I was watching the news, and they were talking about how to uh, support the, uh, because she was doing um, Taste of Omaha. Yeah. Uh, no, not Taste of Omaha, uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, something Tuesday, 
Take out Tuesday. There take you out go. Tuesday. Okay. Take out Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. But they she couldn't do it anymore because all the restaurants were closing because of the pandemic. So sure. they switched her segment to helping restaurant kind of like reboot kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So they just put her number on there, and I'm like, okay, yeah, just copy it and call her. And she's like, I need to help you. And she came right the next morning. Oh I my was goodness. like, <laughs> okay, I'll I, be right there. I'll be right there, but I mean, like. <laughs> And, you know, and she did Facebook Live. She did uh, uh, um, uh, another um, uh, Take Out Tuesday there. And, yeah. yeah, she put she linked me to all the KTV3. And they even did the segment on me on TV oh, wow. for that, yeah, that Friday before they did the, tu- the next Tuesday. Wow. So, I mean, from there, um, uh, oh, Omaha Food Lovers, mm-hmm. they caught up on it, too. And, my goodness, they just... You got real busy real fast. <laughs> really fast. Yeah. And I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Oh. You sent me somebody. That's wonderful. Yes. That, and it just, those kind of, you know, and then from there, somebody else called me, and then I did another TV thing, and then I did another interview, and people just coming left and right, you know. Uh, Vegan Society reached out to me and say, if you offer something that, you know, uh, have vegan food and stuff, it, we will come. Yeah. And they came. Nice. Like, I mean, now I, I don't want to say it out loud, but I want to take half of the menu out and just put vegan there. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I mean, like, it was so much support and so much love that I just really, like, I, I, I felt humbled. Yeah. I felt humbled for for the... The show of support and and show of love, that's what kept me going. So I'm like, oh, okay. If I mean, if people are coming out, I better get cooking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I keep on cooking. Oh my goodness. So. Oh my goodness. Well, I I've had many 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 good meals there. Oh, um, thank I, you. Yeah. The. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I. It's just it's so good and and your food is very approachable. Yes, um, you know most the the standard factor is is a rice bowl or mm-hmm. a bowl. Yeah, um, and choose your protein, choose your veggies, and yes. you have all these different. You can combine your options. Yes, and you have different sauces and yeah. all sorts of wonderful stuff, and yeah. you can add a. I think it used to be. I think it's like a dollar or something to add an ablo to your meal. You, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, With the inflation, I'm $1.99. I, I understand that. <laughs> Everything's going up there. So, yeah, but still worth it and delicious. Oh, thank you. So, thank you. Yeah, uh, I think that's the beauty of the concept is to be able, I mean, no, none of us really kind of like thought it will really take off the way it did. Sure. And it really helped, helped to the pandemic too because we have that, you know, quick serve right. line that you just come to, you see your, your display and, you know, you pick your different toppings and you make your own bowl. I right. mean, like, yeah, like who will have that, you know? Right. And, and, and because our I, ideal or not ideal, but our main dishes are like stew version. So, yeah. you know, the chicken is cooking the sauce with the veggies. Everything is a stew. And then you have the rice on the side. 
But this one, I just disconstructed, basically, and kept everything apart. So if you want spinach sauce, you can. If you want, now I add a gumbo to the to the sauces. Oh, yeah, I haven't yeah. had that yet, yeah, so you need, mm-hmm. I'll have to come in. Something to get you out. <laughs> All right, I like it. Yeah, and fry okra now, oh. because a lot of people are asking me why I call it okra and I don't serve okra. <laughs> so I have now cornmeal battered okra that I serve is part of it. And how wonderful. So you said you came in 94. Yes. And you and your sister are scouring the town trying to find the ingredients you need because mm-hmm. you can't find anything. Yeah. And to go from that yes. to a restaurant that yes. you are bringing Togolese food and people are coming in all the time, trying it out and loving it. That has to warm your heart that you're bringing your food, food from Africa, food from Togo. Yeah. And and here in the middle of Omaha, Nebraska, people I are know. loving it. I know. It's, yeah. it's, that's really what humbles me more because it's like of all places, you know, Nebraska. Yeah. Cool thought. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, um, there's really not that a lot of people that have my kind of background yeah. and still know how to cook and then gone to culinary school right. to literally merge the two. Yeah. So it's, um, it's really, I think for me, it's a blessing that I really wanted to share with everybody. And yeah. my, my main goal, too, is to be able to educate people. Mm-hmm. On you know, remember when I said it, you know, ignorance is true bliss, but it's not a better killer. It's the same thing with you know African food. Yeah, a lot of people don't know what it is. Sure. Everywhere I go, I, you know, I visited a lot of places, and you mention Mexican, and people know exactly what it is. You mention Asian, Vietnamese, Japanese, whatever Indian food, but when you say Africa, they go, huh? And I'm right. like, it's the whole continent. Right. Like, it's, how, it's a large, uh, large it, continent it, and many countries and many cultures. Many and, cultures, but yes. there's just nothing out there that they can pinpoint and say, mm. this is it. You know, and I'm like, wow, I need to change that narrative. I, I need to put us on the map. Yes. Hence why I love Okra name so much, because... Me doing more of the research behind the name and the education behind the name. Mm-hmm. Did you know okra is actually more nutritious than kale? I did not know that. Did you know okra is a fruit, not a vegetable? Ooh, I suppose if somebody had to quiz me, I would think of it because it does have seeds. So I might have put it there, but I think quickly I would say vegetable. It's a vegetable because yes. people think, yeah, but it's actually a fruit because yeah. of the seeds. And cutting it and putting it in water... Cure the, uh, it helps with diabetes. It helps lower your glycemic level. I, did I mean, it does so many things, you know, but we don't think of it. Then we misunderstood it. Yeah. Because people can, can get past the slumminess. Sure. Hence, African food. Yeah. So oh. you, you see where the, my cooperations and my education is coming yes. in? Yes. So at the same time, I'm educating you about okra as a fruit, as not a, fruit, a vegetable. Not a vegetable. The same way I'm educating you on the culture where That's I came wonderful. from. That is not is not as scary or is because of the unknown. People don't know about it. Sure. So that's the reason why I made it so approachable. That's yeah. the word you use. Yes, it is very approachable. It, it was by design mm-hmm. because people... I discovered people eat with their eyes. Certainly. With their senses. Yeah. So if it look appealing and it smell wonderful, mm-hmm. it gives the brain the sense 
to give you some saliva in your mouth. Right. And make your mouth water. Yeah. At least 70% of the chance you'll want to try that because it looks good and it smells good. It probably is good. <laughs> then you'll want to put it in your mouth. Yeah. And that's when it kind of hits you. Yeah. Right? But if you can make it look good and you can make it smell good, nobody will try it. It could be the best food on the planet. Mm-hmm. But if it looked like crap, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. nobody will want to go near it, you know? So I, I debated in my mind, how can I make this very approachable, very educational, very easy to go? Because sure. it, it, it's really not that complicated. And because of all the ingredients that we put together, you don't think of it the way we think of it. Like a peanut butter sauce. Here I use Jif peanut butter roasted in the pan, mm-hmm. and I add my house tomato sauce to it. But yeah. who have even think that you can use peanut butter and warm it up and, and add sauce to it, and it'll make such a good peanut sauce? Right. Nobody will talk. Right. But that's what it is. So by you knowing that, be like, oh, I use peanut butter on my bread all the time. Right. And I like tomatoes. <laughs> and I eat, you know, I, I take marinara all the time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can combine the two. Okay, now, now I understand. I think the understanding has to come first sure. before the person can be willing to approach it and say, oh, okay, these ingredients are not uh, so harmful or mm-hmm. so unknown to them, you know. Right. As, yeah. So I kind of pick different things that you already know and you're already using. I have roasted corn. I have red beans or black eyed peas. Mm-hmm. Everybody eat black eyed peas around here. Uh, um, I have veggies, meat, peppers. I mean, I, we picked those up from uh, the south of the border. We have plantains. Plantains came, it actually didn't belong in Africa. It actually came from Brazil and mm. South America. It came into Europe and it came down to us. And because the weather was really nice, a tropical weather, sure. we were able to plant it. And that's how we got plantains. That's awesome. Same thing with yucca. is more from the south. And then anise or black uh, uh, black pepper yeah. or um, cloves. Mm-hmm. All of those spices were what they use as trade-off for humans into the slavery trade. So it came from India. So when you eat my food, you'll have a hint of, you know, Indian background into it. Be like, mm, yeah, this smells like... It could be maybe curry or a little, yeah, yeah. So all of that spices and all of that flavor—that's what makes African food African food. That's wonderful. Well, and you and in describing those dishes, I think that we got at least f- probably four continents in there in yeah. that food in one dish or in one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea too that I really wanted to do is to not just do food from Togo. Sure. Uh, because. I just didn't want it. I wanted to call it African Grill for a reason. I wanted to be able to embody everybody. Mm. I mean, I know I'm not going to achieve achieve it right off the bat, mm-hmm. but the vision is to be able to not just start it from like the main dishes. Mm-hmm. Jollof rice, for example. 
I mean, it's still the debate that Nigerian invented jollof rice, but I, I don't know where that conversation <laughs> came from. <laughs> Between uh, them and uh, uh, Sierra Leone, I don't know who, who, but what I know is jollof rice is Rio Gras in French, mm-hmm. and Rio Gras is a French, uh, uh, it's a French dish, and I think even from them, they took it from the paella, which is oh, from Spain. Yeah. Because we enrate the um, the red sauce, the marinara, from Spain, from mm-hmm. the Spanish, uh, you know, the boat that came around. They taught us how to make the the tomato sauce, and yeah. the tomato sauce is one of the mother sauces in culinary, even, mm-hmm. and that came from Spain, not Africa. So by having that, jollof rice is anything that cook in any broth. Oh, interesting. So okay. it, it doesn't have to be necessarily red. It can be curry broth. It can be uh, uh, fish uh, stew up and taken yeah. out. And then you, yeah, then people from Senegal, mm-hmm. that's the way they do it. They stew the fish with veggies and stuff and they take it out, set it on the side and cook the rice in there. So you oh. make it like a dirty rice. Yeah. Yeah. And they call it chip jane. Okay. Yeah, so everybody have their own version of jollof rice, but jollof rice is just rice cooking some type of broth or sauce. That's awesome. So I don't think Nigerian invented it. But <laughs> I don't want to stop that, that <laughs> argument. I want to let them keep on going. You know, same thing with my fish platter, the acheke with the fish and the plantain. Yeah. Number one in Af- Africos. You cannot go to Africos without do, eating acheke, and uh, they call it poisson braisé. So it's actually a whole fish. Oh, a yeah, braised fish, a, a right? braised fish, yeah. yeah. So it's a whole fish that they kind of grill or they can kind of bake and add the sauce at the finish line. But in at okra, we don't want you know scare people with a whole fish with the eye popping out. <laughs> <laughs> or having bones that people have to, not everybody can be able to, you know, Liability issues. Sure, sure. So I kept the fillet and it's doing wonderful, you know. So those kind of things, I have to kind of work with the contrast with the old, meet the new, mm-hmm. and the evolve. Yeah. So, but I make sure that I kind of pick things that every culture somewhat will find themselves yeah. a little bit. Just a you know? thread that they can pull on when they eat. Exactly. Yes. And if you have visited Kenya, you could say, oh, that black eye piece, the way she cooked it, it tastes just like that, the one from there. And another idea that I have, and I still hold on to it, and I'm sure one of these days I'll be, I'll be less busy enough to do, <laughs> is to be able to uh, travel sure, and go to... All the grandma's kitchen out there, mm, you know, mm-hmm. and and visit auntie auntie mama in South Africa, and she'll she'll. Uh, I used to have this guy that worked for me. Uh, he made these sandwiches. They put like beans and bologna, and I mean, and then they dig the inside of the bread, and they call it kota. Hmm. He's from South Africa. Okay. So when he worked for me, I let him actually put it on the menu. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. so. Um, there was one of the things that I showcased. So I wanted to do that. So when I go to South Africa, I want to learn something from there, yeah. come back and interpret it in Okra and say, Grandma, Mommy taught me this, and this is how they call it, and it's their mother dish that they've been doing for ages. Yeah. And then save that recipe 
Because another thing that a lot of people are not thinking about is that those grandmas are like dying breeds. Right. They are like butterflies. You, they are they are taking everything with them. Right. So they will, you know, young girls now don't know how to cook, and nobody really cares about that cooking anymore. You know. Mm-hmm. But for me to safeguard those recipes. You're doing a service to to all those cultures and, you know, knowing how to put those things together. I call it an homage that I'll do. Oh, I love it. Yeah, with to all of the grandmas out there. Yes. And I can do, like, their Independence Day. So for a week, the Zimbabwe Independence Day, I'll do a meal from their country for that whole week. And then I'll do another special another week. And right now I do fufu. And Aimolu, which is a Togolese one, but mm-hmm. I just don't want to stay just in Togo. I want to be able to do everybody in Nigeria, Ghana, uh, Morocco, I, you know. Yeah. It's uh, different things, you know. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Well, and I like the special idea too, because then you can keep, you know, those things that, you know, people have ordered time and time again, but, yes. you know, for a week or a day or whatever you want to do. Plus, you being a chef, yes. you know, you can, you know, use your, your chef talents to do some different stuff so you don't get bored. Exactly. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, how, I know you're how busy. Did, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, it's so neat that you you have the background of learning how to cook those dishes at home. Yes. And then coming here and, and, and then going to culinary school. Yeah. And putting the eye of a, a trained chef onto that food and what you're going to do with it. That's yes. such a wonderful perspective. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So so speaking of being busy, <laughs> so okra is moving. So what what is going on with okra? How are things? I'm sure that you are just busy sun up to sundown. <laughs> <laughs> somewhat, somewhat. Um, it was just um, when we started okra with the pandemic and everything, it, it it just started to be a little bit of a bad deal that went into the lease there. Mm. Um, so between that, um, my dad passed away, and mm. I went home to bury him and then came back. And oh. then they were like, okay, you have to make a decision. I'm like, okay, can you offer me something that I can you know, maybe stick with what I'm doing now? No, 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 no. We can't do that. You know, it's, And I don't even know what we're talking to you. I'm like, because <laughs> I've been paying and I'm a good tenant, but anyway. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So, you know, so I, I went down the street and find a new location and started to get it ready. Um, and we've been doing that ongoing uh, back and forth. And I've been running over there and running over here and try to get it ready. And finally, the termination thing came this past this February, and I'm like, okay, I need to be done with this. We need to kind of get this thing moving somehow. Um, and I was promised the hood to be able to take the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got my dock already, get my guys all there, the heating and cooling guys working, and I brought my guys to drop the hood, and they looked like, no, you're not. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what? Like, I need this. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. literally, <laughs> I became a laughing stock in their office because I was going every single day the last last week, try to ask them, have you made up your mind yet? Have you made up your mind yet? And I'm like, well, we can't make up our mind. We're talking to the lawyers. We're talking to the lawyers. Okay. 
So finally, um, I ended up buying a new hood last week. Oh, which I know was not cheap, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So that's another setback. So mm-hmm. we are totally moved last Wednesday. Um, and um, But no hood. Mm. So um, now I scratched myself together uh, last Friday and got that hood going. And a friend of mine... Um, on 24 and Lake just happened to have a kitchen there mm-hmm. in the um, college revive center. Oh, okay. And uh, they were nice enough to let me use their kitchen. Um, so today that's where I came from. I, I was oh, uh, wow. prepping and like, so now I move everything over here. So I have to move some pots over here. Um, so I can be able to do delivery. And is, is that yeah. is the location now? Is that by where the Omaha Bakery was? There is that yes, yes, okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. She moved to Bellevue, right? Um, so I took that bay. Okay. Um, it's right next to the Pansy Spice, but I just noticed. I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago that Pansy Spice closed too. So the oh. sign, yeah, the science is not there anymore for me to describe it. Uh, but I usually say it's, uh, it's 608 South 72nd Street. is right next to Nebraska Furniture Mart. Right there. Yep. Uh, or the Brick Oven Pizza. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, yeah. Or oh, Red Lobster. Which, whichever you, you whichever way you Your come Your landmark. Pick one. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, well, you, you have overcome so much. So I, I don't, <laughs> you're going to get through this one too. Amen. No question. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. absolutely. Yeah. But before I let you go, yes. um, I, I need to ask you. Sure. Uh, because this is food recognized food. Oh, okay. What are some great places around town, if Ooh. you're not eating at okra, where do you like to go to eat so we can give some recommendations out there? I, okay. I love uh, uh, King Kong. Um, I love salad because I work so late and they stay up late. Yeah. So I just drive there and get a salad and go home and just because I can't eat really heavy at night. Sure. Um, so that's a, a quick one that I go to. Um, uh-huh. uh, Sometimes I go to, oh, my all-time favorite is Chopstick House. Oh, I have Chinese. not been there. Okay. Oh, I need yeah. to go, it sounds like. I literally, my son's birthday is on the 16th. Uh-huh. He turned 23. And he didn't want to hang out with mom. Oh. So a couple of days ago, it was mom and son time. Uh-huh. So we went there. And um, I grew up around, I bought a house there. That's where he was born. Yeah. So he literally grew up on Chapstick House. <laughs> Do you have a favorite dish that you like to order there when you go? I like the lo mian and the combination fried rice. Oh, very nice. Uh, I do five times spicy. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. I, well, I'm African. What can you say? <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing I want to talk about real quick, too, yes. is, is food memory. So yes. what's what's neat is you've brought a lot of your food memory with you and yes. put it into your restaurant. Yes. But when you were growing up, were yeah. there any dishes maybe that, you know, we mentioned the wonderful grandmas of the world that <laughs> yes, somehow yes. They, their food's just better when you're a grandma? I know. I you just know. don't know what it is. <laughs> Man. But but yeah, what are some of those dishes that you that you really you know take with you from from home or significant experiences in your life that you really bring with you today and just you know really speaks speak to your heart? You'd be surprised and kind of like in awe, but sauerkraut. Oh, so really? <laughs> Ooh, okay. I really want to hear about this. Right, yes. right, right. So it's kind of like one of those things too that we were colonized during World War. Uh, Two between World War One and Two by Germans, mm. so they came to build like the bridges and the railroads and a lot. So yeah. actually, our great grandparents they speak German fluently. Really, that's oh. what. Yeah, and actually, Togo is one of the 
special countries in Africa, I'll call it. I don't know if I say it's fortunate or unfortunate. I just don't know. I'll, I'll let you be the judge. How's that? They actually built a brassery there that make beer. So we are known for like the number one beer, German-made beer in Africa. Really? That's one, yeah. So because of that background, mm-hmm. my grandma, I think, used to make sauerkraut, and my mom picked it up. So at home, she'll buy, like, bacon and sausages. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and do the sauerkraut thing. And I just loved it when I was little. And I picked it up, and it was just one of the things that when I just want to feel happy, I'll make myself. Yeah. Even when I came to America, I used to go buy it and just make it. Yeah. But I never knew that the whole dish, the sauerkraut dish, it's actually a German thing, yeah. you know, until I went to culinary school. And I think one day we were using sauerkraut and to make Reuben sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, crap. It literally just dawned on me then like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Is that <laughs> just, just one of the heritage we just pick up from that background that sure. we call? And there's many, many dishes out there like that. Yeah. That... Um, we picked up that, you know, there's cassoulet there. Cassoulet is the, the uh, big beans of, of, of France, basically. And we used to make that. It, it comes with bacon, too, and sausages. And mm-hmm. we used to love it and put it over rice or make stew, uh, you know. Uh, the, the biggest book that we study in culinary school is called Escoffier. Oh, yes, early 1900s French, yeah, right? Yes. yes. The so book. The, that's the, the book, yeah. yeah. And he's into stew. Yeah. And that's, you know, like anything, one pot dish type of thing. And I'm like, that's all we do, you know. You know, you make chicken sauce and you kind of saute in a pan and add the tomato and add carrot and cabbage at the end and eat it with rice. Same thing, you know. So... That's where I kind of connected all. I'm like, oh, this is where all of it is coming from, bit pieces. Yeah. But I call it mine, you know. Sauerkraut. It is yours, yeah. Sauerkraut is my favorite food. That's awesome. I'm, I'm not German, but, you know. Hey, it's, it's your food. You grew up eating it. And <laughs> yeah. The, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so it's uh, a, a, lot, a lot of uh, um, background like that and a lot of dishes that uh, I will be sharing even more. Well, uh, Chef Nina, thank you so much for spending your evening with me. You are, you've been busy uh, since 1994 and before (laughs) getting your cuisine out there to everyone. Exactly, Um, exactly. Oh, and I know you're so busy right now. So thank you so much for your time. I, I absolutely love the, the, the culture you have brought here mm-hmm. combined with your love of teaching, yes. your culinary education, yes. um, and frankly, the warmth in your voice when you speak about uh-huh. all of these things is absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much for spending your time with me. Thank you for having me. I always say love and kisses. Oh, beautiful. I can't <laughs> sign it off any better than that, so, so I won't. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. Find out more information at FatterdayOmaha.com. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.